0: Welcome back to Farm Talk here from the Calmer Cornheads booth at Commodity Classic here in Houston, Texas. Final day of Commodity Classic. It's gone by quick. And a big thanks to Calmer Cornheads for uh, being with us and uh, allowing us to be with them and sponsoring our coverage here on Farm Talk this week. Well, uh, it was a day today that was supposed to be. uh, There's supposed to be some big news coming today. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack was here. Uh, Gave an address here at Commodity Classic, touching on uh, some important issues for the United States ag sector. That's what we were told was going to happen. He did show up, but the news wasn't exactly what we wanted. Robert White, Senior Vice President, RFA is with us right now, uh, Renewable Fuels Association. Um, Robert, uh, what we heard today was, uh, the line I believe was, Measure twice, cut once is the word he used, which means we didn't really get anything, did we? No, we didn't.
1: And unfortunately, this was a, a you know a, a date circled on our calendars, waiting for guidance or or to know how the modeling was going to be done for sustainable aviation fuel, and ultimately if corn ethanol could play a role in that. Uh, obviously, it's a huge market for corn ethanol. It's a huge market for corn grind, and so we've been hanging on by a thread. And in December. When they said they were going to use the greek model instead of a controversial european model that was welcome news but march 1st was the date that the administration said we will have any tweaks any changes to the greek model for saf ready to go on March 1st and that day I'm guessing wasn't on the calendar yet when they were looking at Commodity Classic but it all aligned today and even in tow was uh, EPA Administrator Michael Regan so they were both here we definitely expected a little more news but uh, right now it's hurry up and wait.
0: Uh, Hurry up and wait and we don't really know how long we're going to wait. He did say though that uh, you know expected in weeks and then he stressed weeks so does that means more than one week, could mean four weeks, could mean six weeks. You know, we really don't really have anything definitive.
1: No, and the message uh, from RFA back to uh, Secretary Vilsack, Administrator Reagan, and administration as a whole is there is not going to be any significant capital investment on SAF or coming from corn ethanol until we have guidance, until we know what the rules are, where the goalposts are, are positioned. Because... Uh, you know, some of these decisions by these companies are what I call now generational decisions, right? They are uh, lifetime commitment type situations. And and all of these numbers have Bs behind them. These are billions upon billions of dollars in investment that it'll take to meet the administration's goal of 3 billion gallons of SAF by 2030.
0: Well, this was a huge topic throughout the entire event. Uh, Everywhere you went, uh, people were talking about sustainable aviation fuel and the excitement then and what it means, I mean, even to the growers sitting at their kitchen table listening to this right now, what that means for them and the possibility of that coming. So this, a lot of people were waiting on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, we last year produced about 15 and a half billion gallons of ethanol with a capacity near 18 billion. So we still have a lot of idle capacity uh, coming about. We heard all week about farmers and price of corn you turn on the sustainable aviation fuel spigot and corn prices will do a, a magic dance.
0: So what's next now? I mean, other than we just sit and wait, I mean, uh, what more What more will you do now? What more will your organization do to try to get something going here?
1: Well, we went from having a deadline to the weeks, right, Comment. Yeah. So we don't even have a firm stop on this. So we will be, uh, and we had to sit down with both Secretary Vilsack and Administrator Regan after those comments and again stress that this is a yesterday type scenario where we need guidance. We need this to be finalized uh, sooner rather than later. And then, you know, kind of in the background, we've got other things going on like E15 uh, last week, another mixed bag, right? So we got E15 approved in eight states, but oh, not until next year. Well, we want E15 nationwide year round, uh, the only state that doesn't allow E15 at this point is California, and we're working on that in a very large market. But it's another example of the administration having an opportunity two weeks in a row. Uh, we were at our National Ethanol Conference last week in San Diego to take a victory lap, and unfortunately that opportunity has come and gone.
0: Well, and and, and here we sit uh, here at the Commodity Classic in Houston right now, but many people listening to this broadcast are in North Dakota. North Dakota, one of the states that was originally part of that whole E15 thing, and all of a sudden, whoops, now we're not. Uh, Frustrating, right?
1: Very, and I reside in Kansas, and our governor did the exact Uh, same thing. So it was one of those things where the terminal operators, refiners, had some pretty scary stories about what would happen if you were signed on to this and, you know, really stressing that fuel prices would be affected. Well, now North Dakota and Kansas, as examples that we're in and now not, now they're on the other side looking in and the states surrounding them that are in are going to have lower fuel prices in the summer unless something gets done on a national basis so it's a, unfortunately it's a negative impact to the farmers of those states it's a negative impact to the pocketbooks of consumers in those states and we hope that in the future either we have a nationwide fix or both those governors will come back and realize the the folly of their decision
0: and you had uh, you mentioned too that you guys had a little moment with uh with uh, Secretary Vilsack uh, today, after the the big announcement and after the uh, press conference, um, were were there anything? Was anything said to him in regards to your thoughts and feelings about this? Were you able to convey that to him while he was there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we knew this was coming today, as early as yesterday morning. So we were prepared not only with the statement uh, for the media, but at the same time, uh, they knew what was coming from us. And uh, it's a you know, no news is, is not necessarily bad news, and I think was the, the takeaway. So, uh, her, as I m- said earlier, hurry up and wait. But we, we've reminded uh, the agencies involved. We've reminded the president. In fact, we even have a letter on E15 in our booth this week. Uh, but ultimately what uh, we want the administration to do is just get this done because we'd like to move on to the next subject.
2: Robert, I have a quick question for you. Uh, I know that uh, recently, uh, I believe Jeff Cooper was talking about 2024 and just talking about the, you know, the renewable industry, and it called it a pivotal and consequential year for the ethanol industry. What makes it so between twenty three and twenty four is, is besides obviously getting more announcements and more decisions, obviously from the federal government. Was there something else meant in there as far as why it, why it is such a big year?
1: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it goes to those new markets. So we have uh, you know sustainable aviation fuel is, is the buzzword, and everyone's paying attention to it, but. We have other markets. We have two different projects or kind of concepts that are going with ethanol replacing diesel in diesel engines. So there's billions upon billions of gallons of opportunity there. We have companies that are firing up uh, renewable chemicals that are using ethanol as a feedstock. Uh, we have a company just 20 miles from where we sit in Houston that's going to take a hundred million gallons of, of ethanol this year to make uh, indolene. Indoline can be used to make plastics, you know, just a long list. and so. As we continue to hear more and more about electric vehicles, and the math is pretty simple. For every million EVs that come onto market, that's 45 million gallons of ethanol we don't need anymore. And so you start doing that math, it adds up very quickly. But while we're cautioning farmers and everyone else not to freak out too much about EVs because of all these other new opportunities that are out there.
2: Viability of the ethanol industry and how big it really is. You guys put out; I was up on your website, just looking through the the recent report, and you're talking fifty four billion dollars in GDP. We're talking ethanol. We're talking four hundred thousand jobs. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, and think about where these
1: production facilities are. They're in rural America, the areas that seem to have people going the other direction or having to go to the big cities in order to make a living nowadays. And these are you know, always above the county average uh, paying jobs. And, and, you know, my hometown of Garnett, Kansas, 3,200. The ethanol plant was the biggest thing since the railroad came to town, right? So, I mean, these are, again, going back to those generational things. Uh, the ethanol industry had a very good year last year, um, you know, near record production, uh, second highest amount of exports, and the highest ever blend
2: rate across the country. So we got a lot of good stuff yet to come it is great to hear the other question that I had like 17 questions in my head that I was trying to uh, think about but uh, the farm bill as it sits right now is there anything that you guys are following as far as the farm bill the next one is there any component of that that is big for you well we're really on the outside looking in on
1: the farm bill there hasn't been anything ethanol or really energy uh, centric for us for a very long time but you know the the farm bill is is one we have a keep a keen eye on because of that's our, who we buy our stuff from right that's the farmers and how they benefit from the, the farm bill uh, have rippling effects and they will affect ethanol if done wrong so we're we're more monitoring mischief than anything and uh, we'll see what comes about later in the year if. Uh, We need an election win or not, right?
2: (laughs) Well, the other thing I would uh, point out here, you guys are doing great work. I was, again, looking through your website. You guys do a really good job of uh, keeping, like, the news stories and just events that are happening. Uh, Ethanol, what is it, ethanol RFA? Ethanol RFA rfa yes,
1: ethanolrfa.org .org. it's
2: a great website I'd invite people to check it out to see what's going on and see what uh, fights you guys are doing and, and also just putting out some great information it isn't all about advocacy it's also about putting information in what the industry is doing yeah the science
1: still matters most of the time right uh, so we make sure that we have the latest and greatest there so that you know everyone listening right now can obviously take that and use it at the local coffee shop if nothing else
0: Robert thanks so much for taking some time for us today it's uh, it's uh, It's been a busy day for you, we know that, so thanks a lot for us swinging by and being on Farm Talk today. Appreciate it, thank you. Robert White with RFA joining us here. Plenty more to come on this edition of Farm Talk coming to you from Calmer Cornhead's booth at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas.